shoulders of giants and consider it my duty to keep this legacy alive. A quote by Dr. Adam Ramsey. Hello everyone, welcome to Nerdy Optometrist, a podcast channel for all things optometry and this is your host Upi Vora. If you are, you know, already listening to my podcast or if it is your first time, you will be aware I always like to start my podcast with amazing quotes that reflect the personality or the topic we're discussing about the guest. But today we have a leader, a personality who has coined his own quote. And that's the reason I decided to start this episode with his own uh, quote that inspired so many of us. So for those who don't know, or those who already know, we are all aware Dr. Adam Ramsey needs no introduction. But just part of the routine that, you know, I have to follow the drill, I am going to introduce Dr. Adam Ramsey, a guest for today's podcast. Before we get into the introduction, a huge shout out to my sponsor, Nano Dropper, for supporting as they have developed the first of its kind eye drop bottle adapter that reduces medication waste and saves money for both eye care professionals as well as the patients. For more, you can find the link in the description. Dr. Adam Ramsey is a board certified optometrist, CEO of Socialite Vision, founder of Health Focus South Florida, and co-founder of Black Eye Perspective. I'm sure some of you have already seen him in all these platforms or some of the platforms. He is definitely a celebrity. Dr. Ramsey also operates three satellite locations in South Florida. Yes, while we are all struggling of, you know, with telehealth, should we add technology? He already has done and dusted this before even we got into this, uh, you know, the new technology phase. Uh, his practice is highlighting cutting-edge technology, has innovative eye care and optical services. His fondness for community-focused initiatives have made him a sought-after speaker and presenter for both local and national health fairs and career symposium. Pro professionally, Dr. Ramsey is also a nationally recognized speaker and an advisory board member for Bosch and Lom, Zais and Alcon, along with numerous others. I'm sure we ever heard him on different platforms. These are just few to highlight. In 2019, Dr. Ramsey headlined a community engagement series entitled Dinner with the Doctor. In his multi-location practice, he specializes not in one, Two, but three specialities, myopia control, dry eye, as well as advanced contact lens fitting. I don't know why we are all struggling with one when he can do it all. He also, <laughs> he also serves as the Indian Health Service Director for Optometric Services, providing professional eye care for underserved Native American communities. While this is not enough, he's also been awarded for several things. And just to name a few, he's been awarded in 2018 for Small Business of the Year Award from the Chamber of Commerce of Palm Beaches. Again, in 2018, uh, Business of the Year Award from Legacy Magazine. In 2020, where we were all struggling, he got award for I Care Business Game Changer of the Year and Florida Optometric uh, Association's Outstanding Local Society member. So you know there's so much to learn from this episode. And a very warm welcome, Dr. Adam Ramsey, for, to the Nerdy family. And thank you once again for your time. I'm gonna let you introduce me all the time because you you, you named that you named awesome stuff I forgot about. So um, yeah, I'll let you introduce me all the time. Absolutely, I did my research. You know, I mean, this was just something that I had to really summarize it. If I if given a choice, I think I could do an entire episode just about your introduction. No, we don't need to do all that. Let's just, let's get let's get to the episode. Don't talk about all that stuff. 
<laughs> all right so before we go into like you know all that you have achieved and you have done i want to know where did it all start was this optometry like an accident in your career like a beautiful thing which you bumped into or were you always aware that you want to be an optometrist i was not aware i wanted to be an optometrist i was born in trinidad in the caribbean and then i grew up in south florida um and when i was growing up i wanted to be a vet because i liked animals and i liked you know my you know i was good with science and math so they were like oh you should be a vet but you know I liked my animals. I didn't so much like other people's animals. So I I was the guy with, I had parakeets and turtles and hamsters and dogs and the big saltwater fish tanks. And, um, you know, I had all that stuff. And my animals were behaved. Other people's animals were biting. They were just, they weren't, they weren't good. So I, I, I passed on that. And then I went into physical therapy because I'm, you know, I'm 6'3". So people are like, oh, you should, you know, you should look at the physical therapy, this, that, and the other. But I didn't so much like all the paperwork that went along with the physical therapy. Uh, so I was like, I can't be sitting down at a computer doing this all day. That, like that doesn't give me the interaction and engaging conversations that my personality likes. So I skipped out of that. And then uh, one day I was at and my optometrist, I wear glasses on contacts right now. Um, and the optometrist was talking to one of his partners and he was like, you want to go play nine holes of golf after this? I have a little gap in my my day. I was like, I'm sitting there, the door's open. He's talking in the hallway while I'm dilating and I can just hear him. And I was like, hold on, you could just choose to do what you want to do. Like just pick up in a day and just say, I don't even play golf. But, you know, I had never played golf at that point, but it wasn't the golf. It was the control of your schedule and control of your day. And that made me say, you know what? I need to look into this. And I, I like the business of optometry and the the marketing and the branding and all the other parts that go into it um combined with the medicine and that kind of like perked my ears up to it and uh I never looked back that's wonderful that you know you overheard some conversation that led you to optometry I I am so glad that you overheard it because then that's the reason we have you in the eye care community so good job on that I would say that but I would also point out like in that positivity you also could see that I've been wearing glasses since I was five. So I've been to dozens of optometrists, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody actually invited me into this profession. Mm -hmm. Nobody actually extended an olive branch and said, hey, you're a smart kid. You should choose, you should think about optometry. So I found it because of my own looking, but you gotta look at it. There's a lot of other black and brown students that would come into this profession if somebody would have extended an olive branch and opened their eyes to the profession because they may not see somebody that looks like them. So they may not even connect the dots that this is a profession for me. So while I was in that chair, think about it. I was already planning to do something in medicine. Right. But the vet that I was shadowing was black. So I connected the, the, the person I took my animals to was black. So I could see myself in that position. Um, and then somebody else suggested physical therapy to me mm -hmm. and then I went looking, but nobody actually suggested optometry to me. I found it on my own, but how many more black and brown students would go into the profession if only somebody actually suggested it to them? And I think that's the part that's missing that, you know, I'm not an anomaly. You know, there are other, there are other Adam Ramsey's out there. There's the next generation of Adam Ramsey's out there, but 
they are lacking the olive branch being extended to them. And uh, that part is, you know, sorely lacking and missing in this profession. Absolutely. And it's it's so nice that you, you know, pointed out, because that's why this particularly is my favorite question, because based on, you know, how many people have introduced so far, everybody has bumped into this profession. They didn't even know this existed or they didn't even plan. They they realized it in some or the other way and they found this is fantastic. Why didn't I know this before? Why wasn't this my first choice? Unless, you know, you have, you come from an eye care family where you are already part of it. But majority of us really bumped into it. I had no idea about optometry. It was my friend who was actually thinking of pursuing optometry. She never did. I overheard about this profession and then here I am. So it's always something that, you know, this is like just somewhere you hear about it and you and you were curious enough to dig more about it. But I think that's a great learning for everyone. Please go out and you know promote optometry because as he mentioned a couple of things already, it's just not the medical part of it. It gives you flexibility, it gives you business. You can do so much more of whatever you like, you can put it in optometry and excel in it. If you want to be an influencer, you can do that. If you want to be an author, you can be that. You can do everything if, you know, uh, that's the flexibility that optometry gives all of us. I agree. So you did mention, you know, you started with one practice, but I know you have three satellite practices and so much more. So tell us a little more about, you know, your journey of, well, did you always wish I want to start my own practice? How was that decision? How was that journey of you know starting up uh, such an advanced practice? Um, I don't work well under other people's direction. So I knew from the beginning that I would rather sink and swim on my own accord. Um, you know, working for somebody else would be very difficult for me. Um, I, I knew that. I, I, I'm an only child. I have that, you know, gung-ho, do-my-own-thing kind of personality. So, um, yeah, that wouldn't work. So I, I always knew I was going to go into private practice. How and how that developed wasn't always sure that it wasn't really a yellow brick road. It wasn't breadcrumbs laid out. Um, I didn't have any family members in the profession to give me any guidance or anything like that. Um, I didn't know anybody that was an optometrist or related to this in any in any form or fashion. The first time I saw a black optometrist was when I was in school. So I don't really have any of those uh, connection points. Um, so I kind of had to figure this out as I go along. Um, that was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily ideal, but it allowed me to make mistakes and it's okay. You know, I feel like if you don't fail at something, you haven't tried anything difficult enough. Mm -hmm. If you succeed at everything you've done, you really lost out on hitting your ceiling. Mm. I mean, like you, 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 you kept it safe. And I feel like Every time I fail or I mess up at something, I know that I was stretching myself to my capacity. And uh, when I've gotten that mindset, it made me not so frustrated with failure or making mistakes or not doing it the right way 100% because I know I stretched myself. Um, and whenever I succeed without too much effort, I know I left something on the table. So um, I kind of went into eye care and said, you know what, I'm going to go for it and create something that's different and create a different experience for the patient and try to reimagine eye care. You know, um, I went to this this restaurant about a, a week or two ago and it was called like Cuban fusion. And it was Cuban food with like some flair. 
and I had my staff there and we all went and I tried to take them to different restaurants and give them different exposures. And after it was over, they didn't know that I was trying to teach them a lesson, but I was. And I said, what if we did eye care fusion? What if we did eye care with a flair? What if we decided to give somebody an experience that they've never had before? Because most patients, when we see them, this isn't their first time coming to the eye doctor. But what if we let them walk out with, that was different. Mm -hmm. That was a different experience. That wasn't what I expected and made it memorable and made it unique. Um, so that when they try to go online or when they try to go to the, the place down the street, they say, well, that was something, but that wasn't what I had at Dr. Ramsey's office. Um, and uh, I kind of twisted their mind up. They thought, oh, I thought you were just taking us to lunch. And I was <laughs> like, well, there's a lesson to be learned in everything. Um, and uh, so that, that that's kind of what I've been trying to create and keep trying to create in my office. It's never done. Every time I think I'm done, I always come up with something else. And they're like, oh, crap, what did what, what, what did he get from this conference this time? What is he coming back with now? He's always, every time you think you got to figure it out, changing it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. Life, the only thing that's consistent in life is change. So let's switch it up. It's Monday. Let's go. Oh, that's wonderful. So I definitely want to highlight a couple of learnings that you shared so casually in your conversation. To begin with, you know, you said you always felt you wanted to lead or like, you know, with, with leadership, like when I see from outside, I feel you've got it all. But you proudly talk about your failures, your ups and downs, which I feel everybody is scared of even to begin and they want to play safe. But I really like how you highlighted, like, just go out there, fail, have a good story, you know, if, if nothing else. You have something to share. Okay. And that's that's a great learning for all my listeners. And other thing, you know, how you mentioned to learn from different experiences and different things. It is just out for lunch or dinner, but there's it does not always have to be like an expensive thing or something you have to invest. It's all about what can I do to make my staff's experience better or my patient's experience better, or even, even your own experience when you go into your practice. You want to feel happy when you go in and I think all these challenges really helps to keep you motivated versus oh yeah it's the same day I just go and do my job and be back so I think always have the fun in the you know in the mix is what I think I I took as my takeaway from what you shared you got it that's, that's what I meant perfect and not to you know talk about like your learnings and what you do with your staff you have gone a step ahead and you made sure that whatever were your ups and downs, you shared it with others who are scared or who are not sure where they want to go with your book. So for those who haven't you know, seen, heard or read about his book, yes, play chess, not checkers. It is a step-by-step -step guidelines for opening a successful practice. And it will tell you about, you know, how can you get started with your practice? So tell us about the book the title as well like wh where did the title come in what inspired you to write your book so everybody when I say the book they're like oh you love playing checkers and or chess and I was like no it's not so much I, I know how to play but the the concept was that life is like a checkerboard the checker and chess board is the same board mm -hmm. same size squares the only difference is chess pieces can move a lot further than checker pieces and there's strategy and there's, there's a lot more strategy in chess. And mm -hmm. a lot of times optometrists and opticals are playing checkers and the big industry is playing chess around them and they can jump further because they're playing a different game. 
And the trick to any game is just knowing the rules. If you know the rules to the game, it's fair. But the hard part, sometimes big industry is playing chess and we're playing checkers and they control the rules to the game. And we have to play catch up and learn the rules regularly. And but once you know the rules, it's okay. It's all fair. It's all fair game. You just have to know and learn the rules of the game you're actually playing. And a lot of times optometrists are trying to play checkers and big industry is playing chess. They're they're buying 5,500 practices. They they have thousands of people. They have support staff. They have all kinds of stuff. They can buy their glasses in bulk direct from the direct from the source and buy it at half the price we're buying it at and trying to sell it at the same price. Well, that's not a fair game. We're not playing the same game, you know? So I, you know, had a lot of struggles that I posted and put in the book about opening my own office. And I, I've read all the books out there about optometry and none of them thoroughly prepared me enough to open my practice. So I said, you know, why don't, you know, I, I was talking to somebody and they were, I was like, they should be, this should have been in one of the books, man. This wasn't written out. Like I've read all the books. Like this wasn't in there. Like I, I would have, I can learn from other people's mistakes. I don't have to right. make all the mistakes myself. I am happy to learn from your mistakes. Right. But nobody told me about those mistakes. And then the person was like, well, why don't you write it? And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just spent the next year just typing, just, just typing, writing out some stuff. And, and then I, thought I didn't have enough for a book and I was talking to somebody that helped me put the book together and I was like oh I only have like you know 30 pages or 40 pages or something like that and the person was like hold on you mean like single space word pages and I was like yeah like just like do you know a book is this big and this double spaced and da 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 and I was like no she's like send it to me and I sent it to her and it was 100 pages in, in a book and she's like just edit it you're done and I was like, oh, shoot, I didn't even know. I just kept going, you know, because sometimes you, you, we set a bar and a hill for ourselves that's so high and so hard to reach, you know. And, you know, I laugh when I made the book because I am terrible at spelling. I am terrible at reading. I did not. Before optometry school, I never read for fun. Like, until I graduated, I had never read for fun, like like a kid's book, like reading Black Beauty and Peter Pan. Okay, but I'm talking about actual books for fun. <laughs> I wouldn't, you would never catch me doing that, you know. <laughs> and then I heard somebody said that million dollar ideas are laid to waste in libraries full of ten dollar books, and people are looking for a mentor and looking for the next idea and the next thing. And somebody already wrote it in a ten dollar book that you just haven't read. Mm-hmm. Like, well, maybe I'll read the ten dollar books instead of paying forty thousand dollars for a consultant. Mm-hmm. The idea and what I need might be right there in a ten dollar book. And um, then I just started reading books, but that all go went back to somebody extending the olive branch and saying, "Hey, you should you should do this and you should do that. And why don't you write a book?" And just somebody else saying it and just sparked the interest and just said, okay, I, I wrote it. And then I, you know, I laughed and I told mom, I'm an author. And she's like, but you can't spell. How are you an author? I was like, that's what spell checking editors are for and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I, I say my shortcomings and I say all the stuff there to tell somebody else, like, 
it's okay. Like you can do it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't, you don't have to let your past obstacles be, be your future stumbling blocks. You know what I mean? Like you can go, you can, you can fix those things. You can go through those things. Um, and then there's opportunities there. And, you know, I've had, you know, I've received dozens of people telling me about the impact the book has had and stuff like that. And I, I go out and speak and people come and I'm like, people want me to sign their book. And I'm like, but I'm nobody. Like you guys are asking me to sign. I'm a regular person. Like even when you're talking about me and you're saying stuff about me and I'm like, y'all know I got regular bills and regular, I'm a regular person. Like I just, I have an office and I'm struggling with staff and equipment and insurance and all the same crap that everybody else is dealing with. You know, it's just, I'm choosing to overcome those things and not let that hold me down and let that be my concern because I'm in private practice. I'm in business. It's a business. It's supposed to be difficult. There's no part of anything that's going to be easier given to you or handed to you. That's what, that's the business we're in. You know, you have to, there's a business side to this profession. I think sometimes optometrists really miss that part. Right. In that they expect the industry to make it easy. They're competing against us. They're not competing for us. That's right. not their job. Like the insurance industry's job is not to make us rich. It's to make themselves rich. Right. Like it isn't like, how come, how come I can't make any money on this insurance plan? That's, they're not trying to make you make any money. Like they're <laughs> trying to make money for themselves. Like they want to pay you as little as possible. If you would do it for free, they wouldn't pay you at all. Like yeah. that is the lowest they think you'll accept. And every single time, they make it a dollar lower. And if you don't say anything, that's what it is. Like right. there's, there's nothing else. It's all about us trying to decide on what we accept and what is okay for us and working our way through this thing called business and life and saying, what can I do best for my patient and and, and be the advocate for them um, and making sure that we're being fair to ourselves and our families and our, and our staff. Absolutely. And I think you did point out again, like some amazing learnings is, you know, we all, uh, we're all trying to do something or someone would suggest, but we forget about it thinking I'm not good enough. But you know, when someone told you about writing a book, it stuck with you and you decided to take action. I think taking action is everybody's struggle, whether you're good or bad doesn't, you would not know till you try it out. So I feel even if you know, there was one book sold, and say one person got held with it. I think we're all very focused at the end result of, you know, I want to be like the number one seller. I want to make millions of dollars. Instead of that, if you would have focused on the process like you did that, hey, I have made my mistakes, use them, learn from it, and you make your own new ones. Don't repeat the ones which you know I can already talk about. I think that's a great learning for anyone just that. It's okay if it if it doesn't work, but it's definitely a learning and a don't just rely on shortcomings of I can't spell or I can't do something. I can't even write a sentence. I haven't even read a book. How can I write a book? All these are good excuses, but let's focus on if I enjoy, let me just do it. If not for others, for your own self. <laughs> so you did mention about that book, right? So for those who haven't seen or they're not aware about the book, again, I'll be dropping the link for this book in the description. So you can please do check it out. But if you had to pick like, you know, the major takeaways from your book, if you wanted to highlight something, what would that be? Well, this book is about teaching people how to open warm, right? So instead of being a cold start, try to open warm. Um, but 
before you even decide to open warm, make sure you want to go into this profession and this practice, this mode of practice, and mm. find out if private practice is what you want. You don't have to always open warm. And I would tell you, if you can buy a practice, try and buy one, mm -hmm. right? If you can become a partner in a practice, go that route because you're you're jumping steps ahead. You know, right. opening up warm is, is you, you, you have to start on first base. If mm -hmm. you buy a practice or you become a partner, you're on second or third base mm -hmm. already. You know, right. you're going right into the money. But if it doesn't work, like it didn't work in my instance, it wasn't anything for sale in the area that I wanted to be in at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and my mind has changed now. If you ask me seven years later, do I agree with the decisions I made then? I'd probably say no. But I made the best decision with the information I had at the time. Mm -hmm. But because I know I know that it was the best decision at that time, I don't have really any regrets. And I don't really have, when the going got tough, I was like, well, Adam, this was your only choice. You can't be an employee to somebody. So, like, you don't have a choice. So because that, I was comfortable with the issues and the hill to climb later on. But if you open a practice warm and then you find out you could have bought the guy down the street, but you never asked them. Mm. Or you could have been a partner with your friend that he was looking for a partner, but didn't know you were even looking to come into private practice. And you missed that opportunity because you never explored it. Then you might second guess yourself or have regret. But if you asked everybody around, nobody wanted a partner. You asked everybody around and nobody wanted to sell. Um, then when you open your practice, it's like, hey, I didn't have a choice. I'm here and I'm going to make uh, the best of this situation and I'm going to love it. And later on, you still get to the same end point. It just takes a little bit more work. And if you if you know that this is the only way to go about what you wanted and to, to, to develop the outcome that you're looking for, then in those rough and dark times and those hard months and weeks and those second guessing, you can give a little reminder like, okay, Adam, you didn't have a choice. It's mm -hmm. okay. We're here. We're going to get through it. And then after this, you, 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 you're you happy at the outcome. Absolutely. So do your research and then make a decision so that you don't have to regret at the later stage. Perfect. And I think it's not just for practice, for anything, even getting into the profession or anything you want to do, do spend some time in doing good research so you have you know checked box everything reached out to people and then made a more informed decision and i think that's that's something which you know we all should always remember we know about it but you know sometimes we just forget when it comes to making decisions <laughs> now moving a little away from the practice you do have several other initiatives and you know you do contribute back to the community because you do understand the gaps there you also briefly you know, mentioned about it, there, there's so much that needs to be done, but we are not really representing or doing our bit. And one of your initiative is the Black Eye Perspective that you uh, have worked so hard on, where you are a co-founder. Can you tell us about that whole idea and, you know, what all you've done, what all you've achieved? Because I know it has achieved a lot. So, you know, even when you say we've achieved a lot, I feel like our, our goals and aspirations are so big. So it, it may be, it, and we have done, we've done quite a bit, which I'm happy about, mm -hmm. but I have sometimes unrealistic expectations. You could ask my wife, you can ask my staff. So, you know, I, I rather shoot for the stars mm -hmm. and if I only hit the moon, then that was it. That's fine. Um, so we're trying to change the color of eye care 
and get more minorities into this profession and let more minorities know about the profession because I really think it's just an awareness issue that we have and everybody would tell you they don't hear about or know about optometry until the end and it's like they're sitting and they go to their optometrist but very few of the optometrists even suggest optometry to their patients and sometimes I try to figure out is it that some optometrists are unhappy with their own choice so mm -hmm. they never really recommend it to others because if you ask optometrists um you know would you recommend this to your child and sometimes they would say no you know so i think it's more of an awareness of the profession that we're working on so we have a few initiatives called 13% promise currently when we started we were at 3% of african americans in the profession for the last um 10 years i'm happy to announce that we are now at 5% mm -hmm. so the number was at stagnant before our black Black Eye Care Perspective started, and now we went from 3% to 4% to now at 5% of incoming students being uh, Black and African American, which I'm super excited about. Um, and we're doing a lot of things to go to historically Black colleges and universities. We have the first nationwide pre-optometry club of any, uh, of, 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 of any race or gender. We're the only one that's nationwide. Everybody else was per school. Um, mm -hmm. So... Uh, we're reaching the students, we're getting them into the organization and trying to um, help change the color of the eye care profession 1% of the time. So I, I have a co-founder with Dr. Derek Glover, mm -hmm. um, and that's been a wonderful uh, addition and, 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 and partnership there. And I have some great other board members, Dr. Essence Johnson, Dr. Jac Jacoby Cleaver, um, and Dr. Tiffany Humes uh, that have uh, helped along the way, along with numerous other optometrists that are in the organization that, that, that answer the bell when we when we call and we need different initiatives. So um, it's been a wonderful thing and we just have, we have so much more to go, but I'm happy with what we've done already. Absolutely, good luck. And first of all, congratulations. Before even I go to good luck, congratulations for having that growth from 3% to 5%, which is huge. It might for some people, you know, it's always somewhere, it's someone to start. And as he mentioned, it was stagnant before that. So that's a huge achievement. With all the activities that I have seen you doing, you know, educating the students at school level, so they're already aware about this profession. I think that's a great initiative that you and Dr. Daryl Grover, along with the entire team, you know, is taking uh, and helping everybody to be more inclusive into this profession. Thank you once again for, you know, carving your time out along with all the practices and every other thing you do this is huge for everyone to think about inclusivity how to you know work on the areas which are minority and add more and more people in optometry and eye care for sure all right so we did talk a lot about your initiatives your work but now we're going to jump into my fun game segment where we would like to know more about you as a person and not not the optometrist Dr. Adam Ramsey that we know. So we're going to drive and learn a little more about you. So are you ready for the rapid fire round? Sure. Awesome. So to begin with, tell us about your favorite destination. Uh, Trinidad. I love to go home. So uh, if I can pick one place, Trinidad. Wonderful. Tell us about your hobby or something that you do during your downtime. Uh, I like cigars and scotch. So ah, wonderful. Um, so people know what to gift you. Yeah, cigars and scotch. <laughs> wonderful. One thing, uh, I don't know if you have any other answer, but we'll see. One thing about you that people don't know. I'm a car guy. Oh, you're and a car guy. I I I, I like cars. So. 
I think that's also a reason why you, you know you have been shooting your reels and like things on your car <laughs> in your car, right? Yes. Wonderful. And he has some very fun content while he's driving or you know while he's parked. So do check it out for sure on his social media. Uh, your favorite cuisine? Curry. Curry. <laughs> From the Caribbean, though, Indian curry is different. I like it, but naan and, and roti is not the same thing. But I still, I would eat both, but curry. Got it. All right. And if you were to interview a guest, dead or alive, anyone, who would that be? And what would the question be? I would interview Obama. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he stuck his neck out there. And the, the, the cross he had to carry and bear. I would love to, to know what went through his mind because... You know, some of us think he didn't go far enough, but I'm sure there was some, I'm sure there was some restrictions on what he could do. And I, I would love to interview him. Love not, not for everybody, just so that I could ask some questions. <laughs> Wonderful. If we were to write an autobiography about your journey, what would you like the title to be? Delayed reward is not denial of reward. Love it. All right. One thing that you would like to change or add in the eye care industry, what would that be? Get people to understand that you can talk about a race without being a racist. All right. Lovely. And I think with the Black eye care perspective, I will all will learn, you know, how to do that and, you know, be more inclusive. With that, you did wonderful in our rapid fire round. Thank you once again for all these fun answers. We definitely know what to gift you and what you like. So with that, before I let you go, one last takeaway message for all my listeners. Don't be afraid to fail. It's okay. You know, try, go for it, shoot for the stars. Uh, if you only hit the moon, uh, you're still up in the solar system. So uh, go for something, be different, be bold, go where people are not going, do something people aren't doing, and you'll you'll, you'll still make a difference no matter what. Love it. I really, I really love this one line that you said, like, you know, always, always shoot for the stars will still be in the solar system. And I think that's wonderful. We always limit ourselves. And I think with all what you have done and said, you, you really come across as like, I've done nothing. I'm a normal guy. But from me as an outsider, you are a star. So you definitely did, you know, done something really interesting, nice for the community, which, you know, is always inspiring and learning for all of us. For all those who uh, would like to learn more about the book, I'll be adding the link in the description. Please do follow Dr. Adam Ramsey on his platform because you'll always be learning something new in some fun and interesting way. A huge shout out to my sponsor, Nano Dropper, for supporting this episode. And don't forget to follow Nerdy Optometrist on your favorite platform. With that, thank you so much, Dr. Adam, for your time. And it's a pleasure to have you into our Nerdy family. Thank you for having me.